0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Orico99 and also at Ethos Fantasy BB. If you haven't checked out Ethos Fantasy BB, I highly recommend it. Our draft guide has been launched. There are eleven articles for you there to go check out, and we're going to keep adding stuff to it over the coming days and weeks. My rankings will be completed. At some point over the next several days, I don't want to nail down a specific date because there's just a lot going on right now, but at some point over the next couple of days, All the rankings that we've talked about on the podcast will be available in written form as well. If you want to go check them out, if you're eager, you can go listen to the podcast that we've done. We went through relief pitchers yesterday, and we've gone through every single position on the pod except for starting pitcher because that one is just a little bit more lengthy of a process. We're going to go 100 starting pitchers deep in the rankings. It just does take longer. We've seen we've done 25 typically per position. Some positions we've done 30 depending on how deep it is. Uh, But starting pitcher takes a bit longer. So that's the only one we haven't dropped yet. Everything else you can go check out in the podcast feed. And you can go check out the written versions of the catcher and shortstop articles online at sportsethos.com as well. But go follow Ethos Fantasy BB. You get all those links right when they are dropped. You never miss them. You never have to go hunting for them. They are right there for you. Now, today, my plan was to talk with Sho Ali of Sportsnet and the Fan 590 about the Blue Jays. going to do a Blue Jays team preview is very busy with Blue Jays-related stuff today, so we're pushing that back to Monday. Uh, we're going to be talking, I believe it's 5 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. We're going to be going 4.30 or 5 p.m. Eastern. No, I think it's 5 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be going. Not sure yet if we're going to do the show live, but that one will be in your feeds on Monday. Their Blue Jays preview will be coming out. Uh, I know I had typed it up for today, but we had to push that one back. So I'm doing another mock draft, and I know I just did one a couple days ago. And some of you, if you hate mock drafts, you probably shut the thing off already or didn't even click on it once you saw the episode title. But we're going to do a completely different mock draft than what we did the other day. It was a 15-teamer that I did on Fantasy Pros that was NFBC-style rosters with two catchers, five outfielders, corner, middle, infield, no designated pitcher slots. It was just nine pitchers. Here, we are going to do a Yahoo standard 12-team draft, which will be our second Yahoo draft of the year. It's completely different. We're talking one catcher, three outfielders, two utility spots instead of one. You have two designated starting pitcher slots, two RP slots. It's it's completely different. If you guys play on Yahoo, you know the differences between that and the NFBC, assuming that you have some experience with both. If you played in the NFBC, I'm assuming you've played on Yahoo. It's probably not the, the vice versa scenario there. Uh, if you played on Yahoo, you might have not played on the NFBC. But regardless, we're doing a second mock draft this week to try and essentially, you know, it was kind of just caught me by surprise here. Uh, we had to do a separate show than what I was planning. So we're doing a mock draft. Apologies for two in one week. My plan for the rest of the season or the rest of the off season. Is to do kind of one per week, but this one will take up where I would have done one next week, if that makes sense. So there won't be a mock draft next week, but you get two this week. Two completely different formats, different team sizes, different roster sizes. So it's it's very different. I hope you guys do get something out of it. We're going to start here in a minute and 40 seconds. Now, I have the ninth pick. This is a Yahoo draft that does feature other actual people in it. The one I did the other day on Fantasy Pros. That was just against their technology. I was just competing against the other computers, the other ECR bots, the Joe Pizapia bots, and the Chris Welsh bots, and the Scott Bogman bots. Um, we were p- fighting against those guys, and it didn't actually give me the greatest score. It gave me like a 77 or a 78 or something, even though it was liking my picks. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, but they didn't like my team. I liked that team quite a bit, and maybe it's just because they're so programmed for 10 and 12 teamers, the way I expanded it. Maybe it just Maybe I just gave the technology a bit of a headache there. That is totally possible. But here we're going back to what is generally my bread and butter of fantasy in terms of any fantasy sports. 12-team, Yahoo, fantasy baseball, 5 by 5 head-to-head leagues. I love head-to-head as much as I love Roto. I also do really, honestly, prefer head-to-head leagues. I love the excitement come Friday, Saturday, Sunday of it being a playoff matchup. You don't have to accumulate season-long stats, so it might come to a Sunday where you are sitting like a Corbin Burns or a Garrett Cole if you're already secured in your ERA and your whip and your strikeouts and everything else, you might come have to sit those guys. When we had Marty Tallman from Triple Play on the podcast at the end of last season, I remember we were having a discussion about should I sit Framber Valdez and you, Darvish, this week? And those are the kind of situations that you do come up, uh, the situations that arise when you're playing in a head-to-head league. I do love that format. And this league right here, this draft, is going to be head-to-head style. So this draft is going to start in 10 seconds. I'm picking from the ninth slot. It's not my favorite slot to be picking from, but the way that random drafts go, I might just end up with one of my top six favorite targets anyway. I think you guys probably know who my top six favorite targets are. Turner, Acuna, Judge, Ramirez, uh, Rodriguez, and Tucker with, with Judge at the bottom of that particular list. um, I, You know, I, I like Judge a lot. I just think that he is a little bit behind how I would have those other players in terms of an overall standpoint. But the draft is live. We are going here. Uh, we are in the first round. I'm up in eight picks. I'm not sure who is going to go off the board first here. Uh, it's typically, I mean, it, it really does vary draft to draft, and you can never really tell just based on one draft or whatever. But uh, holy shit, the guy took Mike Trout first overall. I might have ended up, <clears throat> I might have ended up with an idiot in my draft. That kind of sucks. That kind of throws the whole thing off. Potentially, we'll see where he goes from here. Um, but man, that kind of does suck him taking Mike Trout first. Maybe he <clears throat> just believes in Mike Trout and hell. If Mike Trout did finish as the number one overall player, I guess it wouldn't be, like, you know, there'd be more shocking things. I wouldn't be expecting it, especially because he doesn't steal anymore. But Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna, Jose Ramirez, Trey Turner, and Aaron Judge is one through five here. not sure if I'm going to end up getting one of the guys that I truly want, Uh, you know, Julio or Kyle Tucker. I've been ending up with Kyle Tucker in pretty much every single draft that I do. Uh, Wherever I've been drafting from, like, six through nine, and that's generally the range that I've been in six through eight, six through. I actually don't think I've had the nine pick exactly, but like six through ten range. I'm trying to get Kyle Tucker wherever I can. His ADP right now is eight over on the Yahoo site, and he just got taken here at pick seven. That is unfortunate. Um, I, I've just been very invested in him because people kind of view him a little bit lower than they do those other names at the top, and I think that the production is is still right there. So I'm up at pick nine. Juan Soto just went right in front of me. I'm going to go with Mookie Betts, and I'm going to secure those five categories right off the top. Even though it might not be you know, the most secure production you're going to get out of all five categories, the steals aren't maybe as much as you might hope, um, I'm still I'm still very happy to get Mookie there with my first-round pick. We talked about it on Monday with Matty Wood. He is about as safe as you're going to get at the end of the first round there. I mean, all the names at the end of the first, I kind of like. Your Mookie's, uh, your Vlad Guerrero's, your Juan Soto's, your Jordan Alvarez's, Freddie Freeman, I think that they're all pretty safe. But Mookie, uh, you know, he does give me a pretty stable floor across all five categories. Where with those other guys, steals might be a little bit more in question. So I'm perfectly happy uh, with Mookie Betts as my first-round pick. As usual, I'm going to be waiting on pitching. That is what I've been doing in all of my drafts and in most of my mock drafts. I've been waiting on pitching. There was one mock draft, I think, where I took early pitchers. But for the most part, it's not really my strategy this season, especially on Yahoo!, especially anywhere, really, but Yahoo, there are some pitchers who are severely undervalued that I'm going to be targeting, so no need to take them early as far as I see it right now. Now, I am up here at pick 16, and I think I'm going to go... um, I think I am going to go here with... You know what? I haven't really done this yet, but I'm going to take Shohei Otani batter and get another player who is very... And Shohei Otani is two separate players on Yahoo versus a lot of different sites. Most sites, he is one player. Uh, Here, he is actually two players. The batter and the pitcher are two separate entities. So I've got him here. He is a utility-only player. Uh, But that's kind of cool for me, because I don't usually end up with any Otani. I know this is a mock draft, obviously. But I like the pairing of him and Mookie, because they do very similar things for you. You know, they're going to be in the 30-ish home run range, close to 100 runs, close to 100 RBIs. Low-end double-digit steals, and they're going to hit somewhere in probably like the 260 to 280 range, probably a little bit higher for Mookie. And, I mean, Shohei did bat 273 last year, so maybe he does get up a little bit more. But these guys excel in similar areas. gives me a very solid power base. Uh, It gives me a good solid throughout the course of the season. We're probably going to be looking at 25, 30, at least 25 steals, probably closer to 30. So I'm very happy to start my draft off with those two. I don't love that um, I'm already taking up a utility spot with Otani, but you know what? I want to experiment with some different builds here and try and figure out where the value lies across the board. So no problem there for me with taking uh, Shohei Otani, the batter. And I wonder if maybe I can end up with him as the pitcher as well and just have both of them on my roster. His ADP is 50. It's gone up a little bit, but still not bad. I think the first mock draft I did, it was like 58 or so, and I did take the Otani pitcher version. Ah, shit. Fernando Tatis just went here at 22 I would have taken him for sure if he was still on the board, but, I mean, unrealistic to expect that. I'm not up for nine more picks, so there's probably no chance of me actually going to get, me getting Tatis there, but he was the guy I was kind of taking a look at because there are some drafts here, especially I've noticed in the NFBC, he seems to be going up. His price seems to be getting a little bit more expensive. I think he's 18, his ADP, as of yesterday, day before yesterday, roughly, his ADP was 18. Um, It used to be like 37. 36-37 at the start of draft season. Here on Yahoo, it's kind of going not necessarily the opposite direction, but he's at 21, and I think he might have been just inside the top 20 early on. So maybe there are some people who see that big suspension sign right beside his name, and it does say suspension injury right beside him. So maybe people are seeing that, and they're thinking, I'm just going to stay away from him. I personally don't really see the need to. Sorry, guys, I've got a tickle on my throat today. You guys know it kind of comes and goes with me. Uh, Ever since I had COVID, it's kind of just come and gone these last several months. So apologies there. Um, But Tatis feels like somebody who I don't really need to be staying away from because of the price. If people were going to be pricing him in the first round where he, you know, skill wise probably should be going, then I would be out because there is still a little bit too much risk for him to be the number one anchor on my team. But as a second or third rounder, I'm totally in. I know a lot of people are, are out on him this year, but I very much like him. Now I'm going to be up in just a pick here and there's only a 30 second clock. So I am not 100% sure what I am going to be doing yet, but I'm thinking I might go with Jose Altuve. I'm taking Jose Altuve a lot in draft season. I want to secure second base pretty early. Third base as well. Let me see who I've got on the board for third base here. 32nd pick clocks always stress me out. Uh, you know what? I'm going to wait a little bit farther on third base. I'm going to get another Jose Altuve share. I mean, hell, it's a mock draft. It's not a real share, but I'm going to take Jose Altuve here. I've got my, my position players very much taken care of. Now is the time when I really need to start taking a look at pitching. Jacob deGrom is on the board. I'm up in three picks. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Dylan Cease. Brandon Woodruff is still on the board here. His ADP is 40 on Yahoo. I would be pouncing on that wherever you see it. I don't think he should be going behind Scherzer or Verlander or Dylan Cease, personally. I think he should be ahead of all those guys. And yet he is going right in that range and actually a little bit below them all. So that's value right there. I talked about it yesterday on my relief pitcher rankings that Josh Hader is my guy. His ADP is 46. He's my number one closer, number one reliever for this season. He's definitely somebody to consider taking a look at uh, in that range. Now I'm going to miss out on him probably because of where I am in the draft here. I'm going to be taking Brandon Woodruff here, 40th overall. And then I doubt that I'm going to have Hader sitting there in 16 picks, but I mean, his X rank, the expert rank here on Yahoo, is like 54 for him. So maybe if someone, if a lot of people are using that X rank as opposed to ADP, maybe he does fall to me. I'm not really expecting it, but that would be who I take ideally with my with my next pick because if you can get Josh Hader in the fifth round, even a 12 teamer, you're you're cooking with gas. And you know, I. I I know there is worry about him. We talked about it a lot yesterday, but I just don't really have that same level of worry that a lot of other people do with Josh Hader. I'm willing to throw away last year entirely. Some people disagree with that. Some people are on board with it. A lot of people have very different strategies, but for me, I don't give a shit about him last year. I know that he was bad, but there was justification for him being bad, so I have no problem taking him if he's still there, and he is still sitting on the board here, 10 picks away. He is the guy I'm definitely hoping for. Uh, Matt Olsen also sitting there on the board. Uh, I mean, I should probably take a look at third base here, but closer, man, it really does dry up. If Hader is still here, we're about four picks away at this point. If he is still there, 100% I'm taking him. If he is off the board, man, I don't even know who I would take because in my head I've just you know got him already on my team essentially. Third base, at this point, I'd probably wait a little bit. Uh, there's no real need to. Otani pitcher just went off the board. I am next here, and I got him. I got Josh Hader somehow in the fifth round. This is an ideal build for me at this point. I mean, <clears throat> I've got Brandon Woodruff. I've got Josh Hader as my pitchers. I've got Jose Altuve, Shohei Otani, and Mookie Betts in the infield. Uh, not in the infield. That's my position players. So I am over the moon about that. <clears throat> I could double-tap closers here, potentially with my next pick, and go for like a Jordan Romano type. It is potentially what I'm going to do. Um, <clears throat> sorry, guys. I've got this really bad tickle in my throat today. It kind of comes and goes. It's very random when it comes. i'm not sure I'm not sure what I did to anger the podcast gods today, uh, but the throat is feeling a little bit sore, and maybe that's my my reward heading into the weekend that I get to, to nurse a bit of a sore throat. But I'll try and get through this. We'll get through this one. um You might hear me pause and have sips of water here and there. so again, uh, apologies for that not my intended not my intended voice for sure um but we're here we'll muddle through it. This is episode 250 of the show. I just realized 250 episodes. Thank you guys for being along for the ride. It's crazy. I'm surprised you're still here considering all the all the nonsense with my throat right now, but if you're still here listening, uh, I very much do appreciate you guys. 250 episodes. Crazy number to hit even though it's we're we're far from far from being done. Uh, it's still a crazy milestone to hit there. We'll see when we get to 500 and 750 and 1000 how cool those milestones will be, but I'm back on the board here. I am up to draft again, and I am going to get another one of my guys. Even though I've taken him a couple of times already in mock drafts, it's Kevin Gosman. I'm going for another starting pitcher here as a, as a one and two. Woodruff and Gosman for me. That is that is That is just beautiful, especially to go along with the other guys I have. I didn't have to sacrifice, you know, any other positions really at this point. Catcher, I did or not catcher? Well, I guess catcher as well. But I've noticed in these one catcher shallower leagues. There's really no need to to go high at all. You can wait till pick 175 and get Tyler Stevenson. Very easily go into the season with Stevenson happy as your catcher. Sean Murphy at 174. You know, there's a lot of value. So catcher, I'm fine with that. Third base, you know, if he's still up there with my next pick, I might go for Alex Bregman, and he's got this day to day thing beside his name. I don't know that there's an. Oh God, I hope nothing cropped up with Alex Bregman because I do have a couple of shares of him. But let's see. Um, I don't see anything in terms of an injury with him. So I, I don't know. I think he is going to be the guy I take here with my next pick. I got that little stack with Jose Altuve. I'm right at the ADP for him. I'm picking up at 80, at 81 where his ADP is, uh, 80.2. So I'm, I'm very happy to get Alex Bregman there. Take care of another shitty position. Get that little Houston stack going on, uh, with Altuve and Mookie Betts. And they have Mookie Betts slotted in as the second baseman for me here on the roster and they put Jose Altuve into the utility slot. That's one thing I wish Yahoo would change with their draft technology. Uh, the way that Fantasy Pros has it, you can move around players, because that's going to kind of mess up the way I've got things aligned here. Um, but it's not really the end of the world. This is just a mock draft at the end of the day. But they do have Mookie slotted in as the second base, because he is second base eligible on Yahoo. Somehow, some someway, uh, their threshold is low enough, which I believe is five games the previous season, for him to still retain second base eligibility. So... Just another little bit of added value there with Mookie Betts when you are playing on certain formats that do have him at second. I'm not sure about CBS. I'm not sure about ESPN. But for sure here, Yahoo, you get him at second base in the outfield. That's pretty damn valuable for a guy like Mookie who already has first-round value just as an outfielder. But when you factor in second base, which is not the greatest position in the world, uh, you're definitely cooking with some gas there as well. So I'm just looking at my options here. I'm pretty fine position-wise. You know, I've taken care of second and third base. Second base, I've taken care of it a couple times now. Uh, Outfield, I wouldn't mind taking a couple guys. Uh, Christian Javier, who was definitely on my board, just went right in front of me here. Outfield, nobody I'm really loving in this range, so I'm going to just keep waiting, keep waiting a little bit longer, and I'm going to take a closer, and I'm going to take someone who I think is undervalued here, and it's Ryzel Iglesias. Head-to-head, I talked about this yesterday. If you're playing in a head-to-head league, You need to secure closers probably a little bit earlier than you would in your standard Roto League because closers, they fly off the board. That's one. Um, But there's also the volatility in head-to-head of week-to-week. Are you getting any saves out of this guy? Your your team might just have a bad week or they have an incredibly good week and not have any close ball games. I'm talking about like real-life baseball teams. And your closer doesn't end up with any saves that week. It does happen. That's why I typically go for a third or a fourth closer as opposed to a second or a third in a Roto. Like, okay, Roto, standard Roto league, you're probably looking at two or three closers head to head. It's at least three and four would not be out of the question or at least three regular closers. And one guy who's like a platoon. A lot of the time last year for me, that was Andres Munoz, Jason Adam, guys like that who do help your ratios. They give you good strikeout numbers And they give you the odd save here and there as well. So it's not necessarily – it's kind of hard to come by four straight-up closers. But, you know, three closers, one platoon guy or one setup guy who you'll chip away at with five or six, that would be what I do in head-to-head. It is a lot trickier week-to-week to to secure those categories. So definitely something I'm going to drill into your heads before we really get into draft season. And, I mean, at this point, I guess we are kind of really into draft season, aren't we? A lot of people are starting up their big drafts. I know the main events in Las Vegas for the NFBC are going to be in the next couple of weeks anyway. Uh, there are some auctions that are going to be going down soon, some big auctions. There's labor draft, there's tout wars, there's a lot of the industry leagues, and TGFBI as well, uh, which I'm going to be in. is going to be starting in, I'm not even sure when the draft starts. I think it's this week at some point, this week or next week. So a lot of a lot of drafts are happening. It is essentially draft season. But I am going to still drill those head-to-head and roto differences into your heads Uh, for those of you who do listen, between now and the season, because there are a lot of differences. And even though my rankings are just generally for category leagues, there's not separate Roto and head-to-head rankings, there are definitely differences between them that I will elaborate on here on the podcast. Um, But it is my pick. It is my pick here now. And I still need an outfielder. I'm going to go with Tyler O'Neal, and he also kind of fits that same build that I was going with earlier. Good power, good counting stats. Low-end, double-digit steals, and, I mean, the batting average was not good last year. It was very good the year prior. Probably going to be expecting mid-range batting average, but when you've already got guys who do excel in that area, you know, you've got your Bregmans and your Mookies and your Altuves and your Otanis, then I'm okay with it. Looking at my position scarcity here, I feel very good about this draft. This is one of the best drafts I think I have done so far. It makes me feel a little bit differently about the 9 slot if I can build this kind of team out. Although that one guy did take Trout first overall. But I mean, getting Mookie ninth overall is generally where you're going to be getting him anyway. So it's not like that really messed up the draft. I'm going to take a look at that guy's draft at the end here. I haven't been following along so specifically with the other people. But it is my turn to draft again. I probably should take an outfielder. I can either go outfielder or shortstop. And I think I might go with my guy Nick Castellanos. Although there's also his teammate Reese Hoskins sitting there that looks very attractive as well. I'm going to go Nick Castellanos, I think. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take Castellanos. Hopefully I can get Hoskins on the return pick, which maybe I can, maybe I can't. It's 16 draft slots from now. Get another little mini stack, even though that's not something that I like attempt to do when I'm going into a draft, stack players. like That's definitely more of a DFS thing. But if you can, and you can take a couple of teammates, it doesn't hurt. A couple of years ago in my home league, I won the champ. No, I didn't win that year. I went to the finals that year. I had Vladimir Guerrero and I had Boba on the same team. And that was through trading. That was because Vlad hadn't fully broken out before when we were drafting that year. So I was able to have both of them. And that was during the year where they were like stupid, stupid production between the two of them. I had, I think they were the one and two fantasy players or the two and number two and number three. Trey Turner might've been number one, but getting stacks can be very beneficial to your team. Will it always work out? No, you might have a guy go up against you know some juggernaut pitcher on the mound that day, and your guys end up giving you six strikeouts and a walk and a flyout. That's totally possible. But for the most part, especially on good teams, your Philadelphias, your Houstons, your Torontos, your New Yorks, if you have a couple of guys batting at the top of a given lineup, It's definitely something that I would look into if you can. And if I can do it here, I will take Hoskins partly because I do like that attractiveness of having the two of them at the top of that great lineup together. But I also do need a first baseman still. And at this point in the draft, we're talking about 120 range overall. There's still some guys that I like, don't get me wrong, but we're definitely getting to the end of the range of guys that I do like. So, and a couple of them are are going off the board here right now that we're talking about, you know, Christian Walker, he's going to be, he's gone. Um, Cronenworth is still there. Andrew Vaughn is still there, but there's really not that many guys outside of the guys that I just mentioned that I would really like. I'm hoping that Hoskins doesn't get taken one pick away now, and he didn't get taken, so I do get my guy here. I seem to be getting my guys every round, and this is definitely not what's going to happen in a real draft. You're going to get sniped more than I am. There's nobody getting auto-picked right now, which is good. It's, it's 12 real people drafting in this, but sometimes regardless of If it's computers, if it's real people, whoever you're playing against, you're going to get sniped. So it's not always going to go exactly the way you plan it. Looking at this draft, though, this has gone about as well as I could have hoped for. I need to start taking a couple more starting pitchers. Closer, I definitely need at least one more, but Hader and Iglesias – that's an incredible base to have in any league for, for your relief pitchers. That's, just, that's a remarkable duo to have. I'm not trying to tap, pat myself on the back so much, and this is obviously a mock draft, so there's not so much I can do with this. Uh, but having the two of them to secure saves for you is definitely a huge thing. I need to go back to starting pitching now. I need to take my third starter. <clears throat> there's a couple guys that I really like who are still on the board here. Lance Lynn, um, Blake Snell is probably the guy I'm going to go with if he's still available. Mm, Tony Gonsolin going very high in these drafts 132 can't remember off the top of my head where he's going in the NFBC but 132 for Tony Gonsolin feels uh, rich feels very rich uh it's not something I'm going to be doing for sure Hunter Green more reasonably priced here than he is on the NFBC but I still just can't get myself around on him this year same with Nick Lodolo you know I prefer Lodolo ever so slightly but I'm not really so big on either of them for this season and again um, I don't get sniped. Blake Snell is still sitting here for me as my draft pick comes around. So let me just recap my roster that I have so far. I'm I'm so happy with this. We have Reese Hoskins at first, Mookie Betts at second right now, uh, Alex Bregman at third. I have Tyler O'Neill and Nick Castellanos in the outfield, Shohei Otani and Jose Altuve in the utility slots. Then we got Brandon Woodruff, Kevin Gosman, and Blake Snell is my starting rotation followed by Josh Hader and Ryzel Iglesias as my relief pitchers. I'm very, very happy with this team. Will I be happy like this with all of my teams? 100% I will not be. Uh, But right now I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this. Um, I'm just, as a side note, I'm thinking about taking Alejandro Kirk, but I'm also kind of worried about him because he has not yet arrived at Blue Jays camp. His wife is pregnant, awaiting the birth of his child, and we're really not sure when he's going to be there. We're hoping this baby comes today because we're hoping that Alejandro Kirk is able to get out there, get his reps in in the spring, and be fully ready to go for opening day. And uh, I think he probably will be at this point. We're just over a month away from opening day. It's hard to say, and honestly, maybe I'm talking out of my ass saying he probably will, because who who really knows at the end of the day? I don't know what exactly what goes into getting somebody ready for a baseball season, especially somebody who is you know a, a bigger guy like Alejandro Kirk. I'm not sure what differences they're going to have to make You know what? I've taken him a lot. I won't take him here. I'll wait a little bit, and I'll get somebody else uh, who I do like behind the plate. Like I said, Murphy and Stevenson are great, great bargains this year. Now, looking at the relief pitchers who are still available, I think Pete Fairbanks is my guy, but I think I'm also probably around early on him. Let me just take a look at all the positions that are available right now. Uh, They're recommending Tony Gonsal, and they can recommend him all they want. I'm not taking him. Um, man, I don't love where I am right now. I think based on where I am and who is going to be available to me next time around, I'm going to take Lance Lynn. And I know that's kind of out of the blue. I haven't mentioned his name yet, but just looking at the starting pitchers who are available in this range right now, Gonsolin, you know, there's Joe Ryan, there's Luis Garcia, there's Pablo Lopez. It's okay. But Lance Lynn is definitely a guy that I value above the rest of them. And I have a kind of a plan for those later rounds as well. Um, in terms of relief pitcher and catcher, which are the positions I really need. And shit, I also need a shortstop, which I had forgotten about as well. Shortstop, I don't know why. I, <clears throat> I think it's because in our heads, in our collective heads, it's drilled into us that shortstop is deep and we can wait on it. So in my head, I do end up waiting, and then I end up waiting too much. That's something I need to correct before I start throwing a lot of money down on entry fees, because you know, you can wait a little bit. You don't have to go for one of those top-tier shortstops. You don't have to take Bobachette. But at this point... I might be taking Javier Baez. You know, Jake Cronenworth, I'm totally fine with as more of a, like, a utility guy. Starting shortstop, though, in a 15-teamer for sure. In a 12-teamer, it doesn't give me that warm, fuzzy feeling that I do like to have when I'm drafting. So it is my pick here at 160. I think I am going to bite the bullet, and I'm going to take Sean Murphy here. I've gone with Tyler Stevenson in some drafts. At the end of the day, they're very close. So let me just pull up my rankings because I honestly they're, I think they're right beside each other at this point. Um, where are my catcher rankings? Da, 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 da. They are kind of hidden for me right now. I'm just looking through my spreadsheets. I don't know where I put them. Um, let me go to sportsethos.com. I should just go to my own uh, my own goddamn page, my own article that I wrote instead of trying to search through my uh, my spreadsheets. They're, I believe they're right beside each other for me. They're very close anyway. Um, I have Stevenson at eight and Sean Murphy at 10 right now maybe Sean Murphy does need to move up one spot. The more that I look at that, that's why I said when I first did them, that these rankings are not finalized. They're not done. Uh, They're still going to move around until opening day starts. And that's why I kind of hesitated to even release them as early as I did. But at the end of the day, I wanted to have them out for you guys to take a look at before you're doing your drafts, but they still will move around a little bit. So, you know, I've, I've said this a few times. If you do see a certain player move a couple spots up, a couple spots down, I don't want to hear about it later that, Your rankings change, and I drafted based on these rankings. I don't know that really anybody is going to draft based on my rankings, but if you do, keep in mind that there are going to be some slight changes. So I think Murphy is going to go up a spot or two. I think 10, looking at him now. He's probably going to go up to 9. I think I'm going to flip-flop him with my current number 9, and that's MJ Melendez, but we'll worry about that later. Shit. The guy that I was thinking about taking in a couple rounds got taken. Not my favorite when that happens, but you know, like I said earlier, it's kind of been a perfect draft. It's not going to be perfect the entire way through. Andres Munoz was a guy I was looking at for a couple rounds down the board. You know, I talked about him yesterday, how there is some uncertainty about his role. But after pick 200, I would have been interested. We're at 176 right now. The guy that I am going to take, I think, if he doesn't get taken, yeah, is Pete Fairbanks. I'm going with Pete Fairbanks here. There are a lot of relief pitchers that I do like right here in this particular range. But Fairbanks is one that I definitely value above the others at this point. The guys who are still left. Uh, I have Pete Fairbanks ranked fairly highly among my own relief pitchers. We talked about him yesterday on the RP rankings. He's at number 12 for me. Probably going to be higher than a lot of people have him. But, you know, I, I mentioned it before and we talked about it on the show with Greg Jewett. There's a lot to like with Pete Fairbanks. I'm not going to get into it so deep right now because I'm going to be up again in a couple picks, but go back and listen to yesterday's show and go back and listen to the one with Greg Jewett from about a month and a half ago where we talked a lot about Pete Fairbanks. There's a lot to like about him for this upcoming season. But going back to this draft, I, I need to take a shortstop here. I don't care who's available on the board right now. I'm taking a shortstop. And oh, you know what? I talked myself out of it. I'm not taking a shortstop. I'm waiting and I'm taking Ezekiel Tovar. Okay, I, I, didn't, I did switch up my strategy there a little bit. Um, I I really like Ezekiel Tovar. I think he's undervalued as all hell. He's going to pick 250 in Yahoo Leagues. He's like a last pick. He's going to be on the roster unless the Rockies pull some bullshit, which, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they do send him down or whatever, platoon him, or I don't know. The Rockies are – I'm not going to say Rocky's going to Rocky because it's more Rays are going to Ray, but they, they might pull some nonsense, but I think I can still eke out some value there, getting him a little bit later on than I probably should. I need to keep going for starting pitching depth at this point. I need to get, take another starting pitcher. And Grayson Rodriguez is the guy that I am going to take here. I pick 178. I've had a couple of mock draft shares. I took him in the Fantasy Pros mock I did with uh, Joey P and the Welsh, which is on the Fantasy Pros YouTube if you guys want to check that one out. It was about a week and a half ago, I guess, at this point. I took Grayson. I didn't feel great about it at the time, and it was actually a little bit later than this. I took him about pick 200. You know, a lot of people I trust in the industry, Eno Saris and a lot of other bright minds have talked about Grayson Rodriguez and about how he should be ranked higher. And I think Eno has him like as a top 40 pitcher almost for this season, which is higher than I'm going to have him for sure. But uh, there's a lot to like with Grayson if he is given an entire year in that rotation. I know the team isn't great, but if you just look at what he can potentially do, uh, it might be a very special season for him. He could be very easily the American League Cy Young. I think it'll come out of Baltimore. Or not, not the Cy Young, excuse me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, not Cy Young. I misspoke looking at a pitcher my brain went to Cy Young. But I think either him or Gunnar Henderson, good chance to take home rookie of the year. Now I'm going to add another pitcher here. I am back up on the board. I am going to add another pitcher to my stable. And I'm thinking it's probably going to be Drew Rasmussen at this point. I mean, his ERA projections and everything else, a lot lower than everybody else left on the board. He's kind of slipped a little bit. Based on his ADP, and I still feel very comfortable with him. So Drew Rasmussen here is filling out my first bench spot, technically. And I still have an outfield spot in my shortstop not filled in. But Mookie Betts is essentially my outfielder. Altuve will go into second base there, and then I'll need to fill in a utility slot, which at that point, I don't really care who it is. It could be anybody at the end of your draft. Uh, It doesn't have to be a specific position. But just looking at who I got available to me here. I mean, Tovar, if someone takes Ezekiel Tovar, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, no no question I'm going to be pissed. And maybe somebody does because by X rank, he is the second guy, second shortstop still available. If you go by ADP, he's a little bit farther down the board. So I'm hoping that people are looking at ADP and not the X rank because he is definitely the guy I want to take. There's no question. Uh, but not for a couple of rounds still. That's the caveat there. I don't want him just yet. I want him but I want to wait for him because that's where I get the actual value from. I'm looking at outfield because I do need another outfielder here. I might go for Gavin Lux because of my conversation that I had the other day with Maddie Wood. We're both thinking that Gavin Lux could pretty easily give you 15 and 15 in the middle of that Dodgers lineup. So second base and outfield eligible player, ADP of 229. I'm going to jump it a little bit here. And I'm going to take him at 208. Whether that's smart or it's not smart, it's another example of a thing I'm trying to teach you guys today don't live and die by ADP necessarily. You don't have to... you know. Don't jump it by 200 picks because that's just foolish and you don't have to do it. But if somebody is going in a spot where you think it is a little bit too low, or let's say you have like 25 picks between your draft picks. You know, you're picking at the first overall and then you're picking 24th and 25th or whatever it is. If you're having one of those big gaps coming up for your draft slots, you don't necessarily need to take somebody who was right there by ADP. If there's somebody even within 20, 30 spots, take a look at them because you're not going to be coming up again and you don't have to say, well, I'm up at 244. I got to take the guy who's 244 on ADP. Uh, I am back up again on the board here, by the way. I'm going to take a quick picture and then continue with that thought. Um, Patrick Sandoval looking pretty damn attractive here at this price. Let's take Patrick Sandoval. Next round, I'm taking Tovar. No bullshit anymore. He's the guy I'm going to go with, but... Do not look at ADP as something that you have to follow rigorously. Look at it as a guide, but don't look at it as something that is, I'm up at pick 17, this guy's ADP is 18, and I can't take the guy whose ADP is 25 because I'm wasting a pick. That's not necessarily the case. It might be true at the end of the day because we have no idea what's going to happen between now and October. We don't know who's going to have a little bit more value than somebody else or you know, eight more cents on the player rate or kind of thing. We have no idea. But at the end of the day... If you're really invested in the guy who is number 21, you like him a lot more than the guy who is ranked 18 by ADP, then take him. It really at that point doesn't matter. As long as you're not jumping ahead 40, 50, 60, 70 slots because at that point you can just wait. You don't need to rush. You can wait a little bit, get a couple of other guys who will not be available in 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 picks, and then you can take the guy that you wanted 3, 4 rounds from now. It's it's a win-win situation. There are some people who will jump up like the, like the idiot in this draft here who took Mike drought first overall. It's totally unnecessary. It is a mock draft, but you will see random, random nonsense like that. Like there's a guy in my home league who makes some kind of questionable picks. There's money on the line. It's not a lot of money we pay. We enter 50 bucks in or 40, 50 bucks. I forget what it is now. I think it was 40 last year. You don't need to make crazy picks, but there are people who do make crazy picks and you can take advantage of it. So, Uh, You know, there's a lot there, there's a lot there to unpack, but essentially, don't look at ADP as being what you have to do, 100%. It is a guide, it is not the be-all and the end-all. But looking here at the board, I'm up at 232 and I'm taking Ezekiel Tovar. Enough is enough, shortstop is taken care of, I love him, I think he's going to be great this season, I really do. I think that there is a potential for Rookie of the Year for him, and I'm thinking of my ranking of him as the 20th shortstop might even have to go up a little bit. I don't know how much room he can really go up to, maybe like 18 at the highest, but I'm just very in on him. I'm trying to find ways to move him up these rankings if possible. So Ezekiel Tovar for me in this round, which is round 20, round 21. Uh, What round was it? Round 20. I'm all there for him. Especially in a 12-teamer, you're getting a very good value there on Tovar. I waited on shortstop until my fourth last pick, and I still feel very good about the guy that I ended up with. So all day, give me Tovar at that particular price. Now, looking here at the rest of this draft board, I got Alex Lang still sitting here. At, he's, his ADP is 211. I'm getting him at pick 250. I like that a lot. I think my closure situation is very well taken care of at this point. I have Hayter, I have Iglesias, I have Fairbanks, and I have Alex Lang. You know, if one of them doesn't work out, let's say Lang doesn't work out, or Fairbanks, you know, we see pretty early on that he is not the guy. I can pretty easily drop them. Maybe neither of them work out. That's okay. I still have a glacius and hater. I think you need to give yourself more of a buffer for relief pitchers because saves are just so incredibly hard to come by, where if you need to stream a starting pitcher, at the end of the day, there's usually some guy. He might not be the greatest guy to stream, but there's usually somebody there. Now, I'm up again on the, on the board here. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, Sonny Gray. I'm looking for a pitcher. I mean, Liam Hendricks is still sitting here on the board, too. He's somebody that will be taken at the end of drafts and right when drafts are done, be added to put in the IL slot. Interesting thought. Um, but at this point right here, I'm going to go with Carlos Carrasco. I've done this in a couple of drafts. I might have done it the other No, I, the other day I was between Carrasco and Urquiti, and Carrasco got taken. So I did take Jose Urquiti at the end of the day because I think they both do a similar thing. I mean, I think Carrasco is a little bit better. He's going to give you some better strikeout numbers, but they're stabilizers at the end of your roster who are probably going to be there for the whole year, give you a good win total, give you decent ERA and and ratio totals. Ratio totals. Listen to me. Give you good ERA and whip numbers, and they're probably not going to be dropped. So that is my pick. That's Carlos Carrasco, and I'm down to my very last pick of the draft. I've got all position players on, or not all position players. I have no position players on my bench right now. It's all pitchers. Now, I have to look at the fact that eh, I probably do want one, and I am up next here. I don't really love the guys that are available to me, other than maybe Estuary Ruiz. Eh, Maybe he's a guy i go with and just secure a little bit of extra speed on the bench. You know what? I think he makes a fine last pick here at pick 273, I got him, 270. Was it? Yeah, 273 for Estuary Ruiz. I think that he makes a good final piece of this team, honestly, just looking at it more. Speed is all right for me. It's pretty good, um, but he's definitely definitely a positive there in the draft as well. So just looking at my team here in its entirety, Sean Murphy is my catcher. Reese Hoskins at first base. Mookie Betts listed at second base. Alex Bregman at third. Ezekiel Tovar is at short. And then in my outfield, I have Tyler O'Neill, Nick Castellanos, and Gavin Lux. My utility slots are Shohei Otani and Jose Altuve. And that is the position players. Now on the pitching side, my starting pitchers are Brandon Woodruff. Kevin Gosman, Blake Snell, Lance Lynn, Grayson Rodriguez, Drew Rasmussen, Patrick Sandoval, and Carlos Carrasco. Relief pitchers are Josh Hader, Ryzel Iglesias, Pete Fairbanks, and Alex Lang. And of course, on the bench as well is Estuary Ruiz, who their projections here, I don't know where they get it from. It says 18 stolen bases for Estuary Ruiz. I would be very shocked if he doesn't end up with, like, at least 25. And maybe Oakland will pull some nonsense where he's batting ninth the whole year or they send him down. I don't think they're going to send him down, but maybe there's something like that. But, I mean, all the public projections on Fangraphs, the lowest one for him for steals is 20. So I'm not sure if these are Yahoo's own projections. They have him for four homers and 24 RBIs. That's lower than you're gonna find literally anywhere. Well, the bat has them for fewer RBIs. but you're not seeing these kind of low ball projections anywhere else, uh, especially with the steals. the zips has them going for 36. I could definitely see you know at least 20, 25 and anything other, uh, more than that would, is totally possible as well. i I really like this team. I've not done a mock draft so far that has frustrated me that much. i've I've been I, I you know I've not been say I've been in love with these teams but I think I am figuring out how I want to go about drafts this year in general. And it varies by platform. If you're playing on Yahoo, wait on catcher. If you're assuming you're in a one catcher league, you know, there's no need to take real Muto. There really isn't as much as he's going to be a great asset this year. There's no need to take him. You know, even Dalton Varsho, who is more reasonably priced. He's going in the sixties and seventies. Usually you don't really need to take a catcher at that price. You can get most of these guys after pick 100, the Contreras brothers, You're getting Melendez, you're getting Tyler Stevenson, Sean Murphy, Alejandro Kirk, Jansen. They're all going after pick 100. There's really not much of a need to be jumping up those particular players on the board. That's what I think. Pitching, I think also, you know, I'm waiting on pitching wherever you're going, but there are so many great values that you're finding later on down the board past pick 200. Uh, Pitching is not so different here than it is in different sites, but I think there is still value this year wherever you're playing to wait on pitching. And getting, you know – Brandon Woodruff in the 40s and Carlos Rodon in the 50s, they need to be taken <clears throat> in every single draft you are doing. I don't care about diversifying the player pools for these ones. If you're playing on Yahoo, Woodruff in the 4th and Rodon in the 5th, or even if it's Woodruff at the end of the 3rd and Rodon in the 4th, uh, you you got to do it. Like I mean, I know I'm biased towards certain players because of the way that my rankings work and I haven't you know put out starting pitcher rankings yet, but... I have Rodon as my fourth pitcher, and I have Brandon Woodruff as my fifth pitcher. I think a lot of people in the industry see them kind of similarly as being at the very worst their top ten arms. They should not be going that far. They should not be going after guys like Dylan Cease and Julio Urias. It's just that it should not be happening. Uh, In no world should it be happening. So there's a lot of value on Yahoo. We're going to keep doing these drafts every week to try and figure out where the value is, who's moving up and down boards, what makes sense in terms of your draft, and we're gonna skip it next week. I know because we did two drafts this week, but where you have a lot of fun do up for you next week. We're doing our Cleveland Guardians preview with Dave McDonald. We're gonna have Show Ali here from Sportsnet, figuring out a time with Brent Hershey as well to do a Philadelphia Phillies preview, and of course our friend Sam Wershing um, from the Dynasty Guru. He's gonna be talking to us about the Seattle Mariners. Still figuring out all kinds of timelines on that. Trying to get in all thirty team previews before the season starts, but. Having a lot of fun on the show. I hope you guys are as well. Make sure you are subscribing so you make sure you get all of these podcasts as soon as they hit your feed. Hitting us with a download. Really really appreciate that. And if you can hit Ethos Fantasy BB with a follow on Twitter, I would really appreciate that as well. Really help the company grow. Sell a couple of things from the website, which I know it's not something I ever talk about, selling stuff on the website, but there are a couple times a year when we have to kind of drive sales. uh, Keep the lights on at Sports Ethos, and this is one of those times. So, Check out SportsEthos.com. Look at the premium subscriptions. We have stuff for basketball, all three sports. We have a ton of cool stuff for you guys to check out. Just give it a look. See if you like it, if you can if you can spare the change, because it really is change. I think it's 5 bucks for the Fantasy Pass. It's not a hell of a lot, but if you can spare it, we'd really appreciate you guys checking out our content, helping to keep the lights on here at SportsEthos. But until Monday, uh, one last thing, actually. This is the 250th episode. I mentioned it in the middle. Uh, Thank you guys for all the support. I know I've said this a bunch of times, but I really appreciate all you guys being there, hitting the download and the subscribe and the follow buttons and leaving reviews. It's meant the world to me. I really appreciate all the support that I've had throughout the United States and Canada and wherever else you guys are listening from. Uh, It really means a lot. I could not have done it without you. So Thank you. Thank you guys so much. We're going to continue to do giveaways on Twitter. That's why you should follow on Twitter. We just gave away a three-month fantasy pass yesterday. We're giving away tons of stuff all the time. So make sure you're following myself, at joeorico 99 at BB. Leading up to the season, we're going to be giving away stuff like hotcakes. So make sure that you are following. Make sure that you are subscribing, letting us know what you think of the pod if you're listening somewhere that allows ratings and reviews. But guys, until Monday, we will see you. Oh. I really, I really need to work on, on those outros sometimes because sometimes I do blow it. But, guys, uh, take care. Have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Cheers.